be turning your Bibles to John chapter 13. The title of the sermon today is Major and Majors, Not in Minors. Major and Majors. Now, if you're a college student, and we have our uh, college ministry over here, a very typical thing to ask someone on a college campus when you're going to school is, what is your major? And what is your major gives you a little bit of an indication of, you know, what you're trying to focus on in life and what you want to do with your life and that kind of thing. Now, sometimes, it's fair to say, sometimes what a person majors in has absolutely nothing to do with what they eventually do in their life. That does happen. Uh, My daughter Maria, for instance, has a degree in English from Temple University, and uh, she's working as a HR director uh, in a company in, uh, in New York. So that has absolutely nothing to do with an English major. And so that happens in life. Sometimes you have a major, but it doesn't fit on in. My major in college was industrial education. Now that's a nice way of saying shop teacher. <laughs> My wife's major at Eastern Illinois University was Parks and Recreation. And she went on uh, to get a nursing degree and uh, is in nursing. So, uh, you know, just to get our mind going along here, uh, what were some of your majors in college, those of you who went to college? Have any majors out there? Yeah, Chris. Business. Jackie. Sociology. Sociology. Okay, good. Yeah, Bobby. Criminal justice. Criminal justice. Wow. And you're a teacher. And so, you know, <laughs> does, does that go together? I, I don't know. Uh, how about some of the rest of you? Yeah, I see a hand back there in red. Communications. Communications. Yes, sir. Music industry. Music industry, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, Rob. Political science. Political science. Okay, yeah, Ray. Electrical engineering and computer science. Ooh, electrical engineering and computer science. That, that, that sounds pretty involved. Yes. Undeclared was my major for a while. Undeclared, okay. But what did you finally uh, center in on? Oh, education. Education, okay, good. Uh, yeah, up here. Yeah. Uh, English. English, there you go. Finance. Okay, good. Yeah. Occupational therapy. Occupational therapy. And we don't have time to go through all of them, but, you know, there's all kinds of different uh, majors that you can have uh, in, in school. Now, to be true, you study all kinds of things. But your major is what you're sort of zeroing in on as the most important things, if you understand what I'm saying. Now, it is possible... To go to school, my uncle, or my cousin rather, Joe, did this. He went to school, I think it was for six years. And had an unbelievable amount of hours in and classes he had taken. But he actually never graduated. Because he never actually decided, what do I want to be my major? And so figuring out in the context of, of, uh, of college, it's very important, somewhere along the line, maybe undeclared for a while, but then somewhere you come in for a landing and say, of all the things I've thought about, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be. This is what I want to study in a deeper way. You understand what I'm saying? 
Christianity has some things that are minors and some things that are majors. In Jesus' teaching, some of the things He said or spoke about, maybe He mentioned it once. There were other things that seemed to be major themes of, of what He uh, was trying to get the apostles to understand and vis-a-vis trying to get us to understand. And what we're going to look at today is this idea of being a servant. And this is the first of the year. And the first of the year gives us a great opportunity to sometimes go back and sort of reboot your life and say, okay, what am I trying to do? What am I trying to accomplish? What's important? And what's maybe secondary in importance in my life? This needs to be a major theme for anyone who calls himself a child of God. Wanting to be a servant the way Jesus describes it. Now, if you guys look over to John 13, let's begin reading in verse 1. It was just the time before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for Him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved His own who were in the world, He now showed them the full extent of His love. The evening meal was being served and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under His power and that He was coming from God and returning to God. So He got up from the meal took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. (laughs) Jesus answered, A person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that is why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Now, as the, as the text goes on, it, it turns to Judas and Judas leaving, and that takes place. And let's pick up the reading over in verse 31. When he was gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself, and he will glorify him at once. My children, I will not. Be with you, but only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I now tell you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. I want to go back and I want to identify four quotes here in what Jesus said that I think are very important for us to zero in on here in this, this, this text. 
beginning in, in verse 1, at the end of verse 1, and it says, Having loved His own who are in the world, He now showed them the full extent of His love. Jesus is taking His relationship with the disciples to a completely different level. If you want to think of it as a higher level or a deeper level. This is going to be more than they've ever seen. This is going to be more than they've ever experienced. He's really trying to get them to understand this is vitally important for you to get. I'm now going to show you something you've never seen. You've never experienced before. And of course, then he goes into the whole process of washing their feet. That's why I believe Peter was so shocked at this whole thing. Because the idea of washing someone's feet is what a servant would do when someone who was not a member of the house would come into the house, a servant. Their job was to wash their feet. This is a job that's a low job. This is a job that uh, you wouldn't want to be doing normally if you think about it in the context of the normal home of that time. Jesus takes the very form of a servant doing the, the hardest or the most unthinkable job to wash feet. That's why Peter reacted the way he did. No, no, no. This isn't, this isn't right. You're the Lord. You're, you're the Master. You're the Teacher. I should be washing your feet. But Jesus totally turns the world upside down as they knew it. Come on down to verse 15. Jesus says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. So what He does here is this phenomenal thing and then He tells them, this is a type, this is an example. I want you to treat each other the way that I have treated each and every one of you. I have set you an Example. This is to be followed. This is to be emulated in your relationships with each other. Verse 17. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. If. This is not a given. This is not something that is expected that, well, yeah, everybody does that. Everybody would be that way. Jesus says, this is something, there's a tremendous blessing that comes with this, but you have to understand, this is something you're going to have to do. This is something you're going to have to go for. You're going to be blessed if you do them. And then over in verse 35, a passage that we in the church often make reference to, but it's a great reference He says, so by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus says this kind of relationship, this kind of closeness and willingness to be involved in each other's lives is a very big thing. Because it becomes an identifying mark of a real disciple of Jesus. You know, even in Jesus' times, there were people that sort of followed around with Jesus, but on, on the peripheral. You know, they, they weren't really the inside group. They weren't really the people who were really serious about it. They liked to see the miracles. They, they liked even to hear Jesus' teachings. But they're a little on the outside. You know, there are a lot of people like that today in our world. If you ask them, are they a Christian? They'd say, well, yeah, I guess so. I'm not a Buddhist. Uh, I'm not a Muslim. Uh, I, yeah, I'm a Christian. 
But there's a difference between that level of understanding and that level of commitment and someone who understands, listen, I really want to be a follower of Jesus. I really want to be a disciple of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? He's saying if you're going to have this kind of love, it's an identifying mark. I can tell who you are by that kind of behavior, that kind of thing. You know, in our world today, oftentimes a person, the way they speak, you can say, hey, you know what? I think they're from Alabama. You know what I'm saying? Or I think they're from Massachusetts. You know what I'm saying? You can sort of hear it in the way they say things. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and probably people outside of California can also listen to us and say, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, she's probably from California. Uh, you know, just a little bit of a, you know, surfer dude, you know, kind of stuff or that, that kind of way of saying things, if you know what I'm saying. Jesus says there's certain identifying ways about a disciple. You can sort of look at them and you can sort of tell. You know, the other day, my brother-in-law was talking about a guy he knew that was uh, that he was involved with that was a wrestler in, in high school and college. Just that was even uh, uh, beyond that. He was in international competitions and that. And he was talking about him and he said, yeah, yeah, I, I, when I didn't even know him, when I was just getting to know him, I could tell that he was a wrestler. You can sort of tell how wrestlers act. And he was making a comment about that. Chris is an old wrestler. He, yeah, you get that. You know what? I can usually tell. You can just sort of tell. They got that look about them. You know, they got that way about them. You understand what I'm saying? Jesus says there's a way about disciples. There's something about them. You can sort of pick it up by the way they act, the way they talk, the way they, they do things. That's what Jesus is saying. By this all people will know that you are my Disciples. Now, I want us to look at a couple of scriptures, and then we're going to do something really fun here. Is that you're going to? Ha- I hope you're sitting next to someone you like, because because you're going to have about five minutes. I'm going to give you five minutes to talk to each other in just a minute. But I want us to look at a couple of scriptures here about this idea of being a servant. Look over to Acts 20. Okay. Some of you are saying, "Oh no, man! Oh, can I move?" Uh, <laughs> And, uh, if you do now, you're, you're going to look bad, you know. Uh, so, so you're stuck now uh, with whoever you got. This idea of being a servant, you say, well, are, are we talking about serving God or are we talking about serving people? And what I want to help us to understand in these next few scriptures is the idea of serving God and serving people is actually the same thing. In Acts 20, verse 17, Paul's going to talk to the elders of the Ephesian church. And he had a relationship with them. And you'll see that as we read the text. It says, From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, so he's speaking to now to these elders, these people he knew and he had been around for a while. You know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord. Now that's his terminology. He just refers to the way he lived among them. And then he says, I served the Lord. See, serving people and serving the Lord is the same thing. I served the Lord with great humility and tears, although I was severely tested by the plots of the Jews. You know that I've not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I declare to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. So he's talking about what he did among them, how he served them, the things he taught them, the, the arenas, you know, publicly and from house to house. I've had a relationship teaching you, but he puts it under this umbrella... Of serving God. 
Serving people, serving God, is the same kind of a thing. Now we're going to look at these passages quickly. Look over to 1 Peter 2. You guys with me? Get that Bible oiled up. Let's go. 1 Peter 2. You guys getting there? 1 Peter 2 and verse 11. Now, 1 Peter is, is a general, it's called a general epistle. This is written to all disciples. It says, Dear friends, as I urge you, as aliens and strangers in the world, to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that He visits us. He's talking about their lives, what they do, how they live. He says, live such good lives among, another way of saying this is people who are not yet saved, that they can observe your life, how you're interacting in and around them, and praise God. Look over to Galatians 6. Galatians 6. Beginning in verse 1. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. So he's talking about some relationship that they might have with each other. If someone is in a bad place, hey, help him out gently. But watch yourself or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens. That means there's going to be a time in your life when you are carrying somebody else. You're carrying their load. You're helping them out. Right? There's going to be other times that people are carrying you. Have you ever known someone that loved to serve people so much, but they were actually bad at letting people help them? You ever know someone like that? They loved to serve so much that when anybody did anything for them, they were terrible at letting someone help them. There's going to be times in my life, there's going to be times in your life, where it is appropriate that we're helping somebody else out. We're stronger than they are at that time in their life. But it's also going to be true that someone at another time in your life is going to help you out. Hey, be gracious when someone helps you out. Be good at helping. Be good at being helped. No, 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 no. I don't need any help. Yeah, you do. I do. You do. We all do. There's times where we should be helping. There's times where we should be being helped. Both of those things. So we should carry each other's burden. But it's truly interesting as he comes on down in the same exact thought process here. Verse 3 says, If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he's deceived himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to someone else. For each one should carry his own load. <laughs> now, isn't that interesting? In the exact same thought, he says we should carry each other's burdens. But each one has a responsibility to carry your own load. You know, sometimes people get into a habit of feeling like, I deserve people to help me. Help me! Help me! Help me! It's okay to be helped. It's even part of being a Christian to be helped. 
But you shouldn't always be on the receiving end. You have a responsibility to carry your own load. It's not everybody else's job always to pick up for you. You need to pick up for yourself sometimes. You understand what I'm saying? So this is all about this idea of being a servant. Look over to Romans chapter 12. This is a great one. You guys are going to like this one. Romans 12. Romans 12 is called the Little Bible. I tell you what, you, you spend a lot of time in Romans 12, you're going to get most of it. It's the Little Bible. Romans 12 verse 16. Live in harmony with one another. Live in harmony with one another. Now let's talk to some of our musicians. Where's, uh, where's John? John, where's John? John, John, give us a, a musician's explanation of harmony. Uh, harmony is based on the specific notes within a scale that blend together. Uh, typically the first, the third, the fifth, the seventh notes of any scale uh, are, are, are harmonious, at least in Western music. So harmony then is two or more, but let's just say two for the sake of simplicity. There are two people that are not exactly the same, but when you put them together, it sounds wonderful, right? Yes, theoretically. <laughs> theoretically. <laughs> you know what? To hear, to hear Peter and John playing those guitars the way they did this morning, I tell you, that is just phenomenal. Yeah. And I have no musical ability whatsoever, but I, I, uh, I sure enjoy hearing them serve God in that way. But harmony is not being exactly the same. As a matter of fact, harmony is based upon a concept of being a little different, but when you put them together, it really works together. We are not all the same. It's okay to be different. Right? But we should live in harmony with one another. There should be a sense of, yes, we're always who we are. You know, Rob did the uh, communion this morning. Rob Cosberg is Rob Cosberg. He is individual. I've never known anyone quite like him, have you? He's Rob Cosberg. Yvonne Lim did communion last week. Yvonne Lim is not the exact same as Rob Cosberg. They're different. But you put them together. What, what he bonded last week, what Rob did today, it's harmonious. Live in harmony with one another. It's okay to be you. Be you. Don't be anybody else. You can't be anybody else anyway. Just be you. Now be the best you you can be. Amen to that? But we've got to live in harmony with one another. Now go on. It says, do not be proud. Don't be a knothead, okay? Marty's version. But be willing to associate a people of low position. Now look at the footnote. Sometimes you've got to look at the footnote. I love the footnote on this one. What does the footnote say? Willing to do menial work. How? You're willing to do anything. You know, some things are are exciting. Some things are just work. 
You know anything like that? What's just work? Dishes. What's that? Dishes. Dishes is just work. There's nothing romantic about dishes. What else is this work? Emptying the cat litter box. I hear that. We don't have cats, but uh, our dog's through the backyard, and it's my job to pick it up. Uh, my kids are all gone, so and Chris, Chris says it's not my job. So, you know. Okay, so picking up the cat, uh, are the dogs, the dishes. What else is just work? Yeah. Taking out the trash. Taking out the trash. Now, what, 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 what's uh, some things that uh, is also work, but it's sort of cool and sort of romantic and sort of neat. Yeah. Gardening. Well, okay, gardening. Yeah. Uh, cooking. Cooking. Yeah. A lot of creativity and, and art can go into uh, cooking and that kind of thing. Yeah. Walking the dog, that can be a lot of fun, particularly if you've got a cool dog, uh, you know, and all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, take it back and looking at it, and yeah, that looks good. How about, how about working and making money? Yeah, that's sort of cool. Man, I'm making some money here. So there's things that are work, and there's other things that are just work. He says, hey, don't be proud. Don't be proud. You can put out the chairs. You're not that hot. Come on. You're not that cool. You can do the dishes around here. You know, you can do some work. That's just work. There's not all that much fun about it. It's just work. And this idea of don't be willing to associate. Listen, there shouldn't be anybody that we're not willing to associate with, guys. That right there ought to be something that shouldn't have to be said. But, but you're not that good. You're not that hot. We should be willing to have relationships with anybody and everybody all the time. I want to talk about a lot of the things that go on here at the church. Okay? Right now, the class is over there and people are teaching the children. That's serving. That's serving. You're helping out the kids. How about the singers? I already made reference to, to the singers and all the, the good that they do. You know what? They get here early. They prepare. They work. They think ahead. Even during the week, which songs we're going to sing, that kind of thing. There's a lot of work that goes into that. Yep. You know what? Barbara making coffee, particularly on a cold day like today, right? I appreciate Barbara out there making some coffee. Uh, you know what? Worshiping in a high school, and you guys know this. A lot of you guys know this. We've got to put all that up over there in that gym before church, and we've got to take it all down. And this is work. This is not walking the dog. This is picking it up from the dog. That's just work right there. Okay? Group leaders. Making disciples. Having times with each other to strengthen and encourage each other. All those kind of things. Let's talk about the home. All of us live in a home, right? Cleaning the home. Washing the home. Cleaning the things of the home. Cooking. Decorating. Doing the finances, yard work. There's all kinds of things that go in to our lives that are in this area, this overall area of work and things that have to be done. Are you a servant? Do people see you as a servant? Any and all the things that I said there, Are you willing and ready to do any of those things when you're called upon? You say, oh yeah, I I want to sing. (laughs) Well, some jobs, by 
you know, by nature have some level of talent involved <laughs> in, in evaluation as well, if you understand what I'm saying. We should be ready, we should be willing to do anything, everything, at a moment's notice. How about where you live? Are you a servant in your home? Do the other people in your home see you as a servant? Teenagers? Do your parents see you as a servant? Are you stepping up? Are you volunteering? I'll do the dishes. I'll clean the table. I'm ready to go. What do you need, Mom? Mom, how can I help out? Dad, how can I help out? In the house. People should see us as a servant. Jesus said, I've set you an example that you should do for others as I have done for you. Here's what we're going to do right now. We're going to take five minutes. I'm looking at my clock right now. I'm going to give you five minutes. And you discuss with those who are around you. Primarily these two questions. Number one, how am I doing? And number two, how can I do better? Go. Okay, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 4. I hope you guys had a good talk with whoever you talked to. Maybe in the future you'll look around you and <laughs> be more selective with who you sit with. Uh, but uh, hopefully you had a good conversation. You know what? The important thing, people, is not that we're perfect. The important thing is, is that we're getting better. Okay? Improvement is what? Always appreciated. You don't have to fix everything. Just fix something. You know? You're not going to get perfect at once. Just get a little bit better as you go along. Jesus here talks about His work. Okay? He said in verse 34, John 4, My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to finish His work. Do not say four more months in the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. The opportunities are all around us to be a good servant. It says, even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Jesus' idea here of labor is that it ought to be fun labor. Being a servant should not be a duty that you just have to grit your teeth and just say, I'm just going to get, put your head down and get through it. No one wants to live like that all the time. Jesus envisions the work that we do, the labor that we live, the life that we live as a disciple should be something that is fun, that is glad, that is joyful. We're not just servants... We're happy servants. We're not just servants. We're joyful servants. Now let me take you back to where we started. What's your major? This should be a major, guys, of your Christian life. This is not a minor. This is a major. This is something you need to be good at. This is something you need to understand is a vastly important thing in my life. It's not just something on the peripheral, you know. This is not just a class you take in, in you know, some, something, you know. 
what's a stupid class that some of us took in college? Huh? Jogging, okay. Sailing. I, I took a class in, in, uh, in bowling, uh, you know, uh, it, it, at Eastern Illinois University. Uh, they're, they're, these are minor things. They're, they're, they're no big deals in life. You know what? But other things are major. Now remember guys, when Jesus told the story of, of the Good Samaritan, what basically is the story of the Good Samaritan about? A guy that got involved helping somebody. Yeah. Remember? The guy stopped, he helped him, took him on his own donkey, took him to the hotel, put down deposit. I mean, this guy actually got involved and helped somebody. And Jesus said, hey, that, that's the way my people should be. You know, when Jesus talks about judgment, He said one of the things that's going to come up in judgment is that, man, my people did all these things for other people. Being a servant is a major. This is something that you want to major in, not minor in. You want to major in being a servant. But not just being a servant, being a happy servant. Being a joyful servant. And having that great spirit that Jesus talks about in this passage. I hope our study today and our time together today has been helpful for you. Let's, in spite of it raining and being cold today, let's have a warm, happy day. Have a great day. It is an honor and it is a privilege for Chris and I to be your servants. Let's have a great week.